Hitting the Mark is the name of the show. Jeffrey Mark is the name of the star. His companions are Ray Carr and Cindy Ribelin. And we're talking about my companion, dear friend, and incredible talent, Jack Rabbit. Do you mind if I ask you another question related to this? You may ask me six. <laughs> now, Jack, being married, did he have did he struggle with the physicality between you two, or, or was that something that just he just didn't think about? Hey, you ask wonderful questions. Hang on, I'm putting on my tap shoes so I can tap dance around this. Wait a minute. Um, the only time we discussed it was that one time when uh, Brian found us in bed together, more or less. But you've heard how that happened. It wasn't a sexual thing. It was because broken. he fell. Um, the only thing we ever discussed was no, and I was all for this, no big signs of personal affection in um, I didn't know what we were doing. I never considered him my boyfriend or anything like that. He was just this guy I loved to pieces and couldn't wait to spend time with. That's how I thought of it. I'm not huge on public displays of affection. I don't mind them. But maybe Joel trained me because we never did that in public. We couldn't. It's a secret. So I'm a very affectionate person. If I love someone, if I were there in the studio with you guys in Ohio and there was no COVID, I would hug and kiss both of you. That's, mm -hmm. that's why. Me too. Yeah. But um, we had to be careful about that. I was careful not to put Jack into any situation that would make him uncomfortable. The MS almost helped because of the MS. I had to get in the shower with him. I had to take him to the bathroom in public, let him do his business, help him clean up, and get him dressed again. Uh, I don't think anyone thought twice about that. Uh, getting him to and from places, driving him places. When Steve Landisberg died, the memorial service was held in, I believe, a BFW hall near downtown LA. So it's what his wife, Nancy, arranged. And the downstairs was a theater that every comedian in the world was there to see him. And uh, the party was upstairs two flights. And I had a carriage up mm. upstairs two flights while somebody else carried his wheelchair. So people were used to seeing my being physical with him because I was taking care of him. Uh, that made things a little bit easier. But yeah, we didn't kiss in public. We didn't hold hands or anything like that in public. Um, it was an affectional friendship. I wouldn't call it a romantic friendship. We weren't lovers the way you think of people being lovers are. It, it was a relationship I really cannot put a definition would, would that have been his only, that? Uh, would that I have been... No, I, I never asked him. I really felt if that was something Jack wanted to talk about, that Jack would have talked about. That he never did, I never brought it up. Uh, 
you know, it wasn't like I had to talk him into a new thing or explain anything. There was no, but Jeff, but there was nothing like that. It just whatever happened. And, you know, I understand if I tell people to use their imaginations, their imaginations may take them way beyond what actually happened. I can't help that. I'm not going to tell you what happened. But whatever happened, it just happened organically and it made us happy. Looking back on things, do you regret anything that you uh, would have liked to have done more of or less of? With Jack, I, I wish we had started performing together earlier. Um, we were together so much, it's kind of hard to say, what did we miss? Not much. Everything that could be done in Los Angeles, socially, we did. We went to the, some of the nicest restaurants and some holes in the wall he liked. We went to the theater to see musicals, to see plays, to, to, to see performers of my friends of ours or giants in the industry who were performing that Jack wanted to see or I wanted to see. Uh, and we spent a great deal of time in Jack's house. So what could we have missed? I, I wish maybe I put my foot down about the MS earlier. I, it's my belief that Jack could have led a better life, a longer life, a better quality of life if he would have accepted the MS right from the beginning and did what the doctors told him instead of fighting the diagnosis and putting off treatment until it was really too late. So I'm sorry I didn't push harder. It's very hard when you're not somebody's legal something or other, husband, it's very hard to turn to someone and say, you must do this. Even if Jack and I had been a gay couple. I mean, he wasn't gay, folks. I, I'm not saying Jack was gay. But even if he had been that, if he were still not going to take the diagnosis, there was nothing I could do about it. I wish maybe I'd pushed back a little bit. Hey, Jack, seriously. You know, the doctors would look at me. Can't you do something? I said, no, I can't. You know, you're a doctor. You're telling him what's wrong. If he won't listen to you, it makes you think he'll listen to me. Uh, Chuck McCann tried to buy him a motorized wheelchair. And his wife, Jack's wife, put a stop to it. I'm in charge of his health, butt out. So, so Chuck butted out. Uh, I, I wish he'd had better care early in the illness. He did get excellent care towards the end of his illness. Other than that, it is a wonderful, privileged time of my life. The years Jack and I had this relationship. Uh, Joel was still alive. He knew about Jack. Jack was seeing women. It, really, it was a very, very, very strange time in my life. Uh, I was on the radio regularly. I was touring the world performing. Uh, I was writing more books. Jack was still working. Jack was still doing voiceover work. Uh, Garfield and friends and other things. We were busy people. And it was a, a happy time until it became a sad time. Sad because of his illness. Hmm. It's very interesting stuff. Um, you know, Jack Riley is just a, a guy that really needs to be appreciated more, I think, in the world of entertainment. I just don't think his name is brought up enough. Well, happily, the Bob Newhart shows are reruns still. Yeah. And happily, every kid knows who the Rugrats are. So when people say, oh, he was Steve Pickles, they know immediately. Jack and I used to drive down, I think it was the street that Catter's Deli is on in Los Angeles. 
because we like to go to Canada's Belly once in a while, either to eat, eat there or to uh, go to their bakery. And as you drove down Fairfax Boulevard, across the street from Canada's, there was, uh, I guess they'd torn down a building. So there was a little bit of an empty space, which left a wall. And someone, I guess the people at Nickelodeon put up a mural there, a painted mural of the Rugrats. And we would pass this gigantic painting of Stu Pickles every time we drove down there. I said, Jack, you're famous. Look, look, look. Because he didn't believe the fame. But he was. People in the industry loved him. Um, if, you are, if you're a Mel Brooks fan, you've seen his work. If you're a fan of classic cult movies, you've seen his work. If you're a fan of classic television, his work will live forever. My memories are personal. And, uh, please understand, anyone who's listening, it's very hard to discuss this personal relationship in public. I, I don't want to hurt his ex-wife, who thinks of herself as being his widow. I don't want to hurt his children. I love his children. They're lovely people. I don't want to harm the friends who didn't know about this. It isn't, I'm not outing Jack. It's not, it, it's, it really is, it's, it's, a, it's a, it is a category all on its own that I don't have a name for. Joel and I were partners. There's a name for that. Jack and I, I, I have no name except that he was, you know, I started this, 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 this show this time saying about soulmates. Jack was one of my soulmates. I've had three or four in my life. Jack was well. Wow. Cindy, do you have any questions? Wow. Um, I think you've been hitting most of what I would ask. Um, I'm going to chew while you talk. <laughs> I guess you were saying this was like you and Jack were like a bromance. You know, that, that term really isn't in my vocabulary where I would have used it. I guess the closest thing to what we had together was a bromance. We weren't, strictly speaking, lovers. We weren't, strictly speaking, a couple. But we were more than friends, more than affectionate. It falls into that category. I don't know if those of you who are listening, and I hope there are tens of thousands of you by this point listening to us, understand Either this is just who I am and I've had this very weird life or this happens to me. I would tend to think I cannot be that unique. This has to happen. In I think there are people out there, men, men, women, and women. It doesn't make them homosexual, but they, they can with the right person. How about bromance or cismance, whatever you want to call this, in between that, that, that goes beyond the normal uh, pushing the envelope of what a friendship would be into something that is deeper emotionally, can be sensual, can be affectional, and sometimes sexual on a limited basis. Okay. So you feel, Jeffrey, um, that a man, two men or two women could actually do that, but not actually be considered homosexual. Yes. Or bisexual. You know, labels are a funny thing. Uh, this is my opinion on labels. 
especially today when uh, with the world of Zoom, with people redefining themselves, people even have to tell you which pronouns they want you to use. No, don't call me him, call me they. That labels are good for people who want to label. I've always felt, we're getting very deep here, that sexuality is like, remember those old wooden rulers we used in school? Yes. We're punched in them, they can go on our loose leaf books. If yeah. you hold one up, let's say all the way on the right, are, we'll say men here because I've never been a woman, so I can't speak for it. Over here on the right are heterosexual men, and the idea of any kind of physical intimacy with another man makes them want to fill. And over here on the left are gay men, and the idea of any intimacy with a woman makes them want to fill. I think most of us fall in somewhere towards the middle from those two extreme edges. Whether it's a woman who can look at a woman in bikini and go, wow, what a great body she has. Or a man who can admire a football player and go, wow, look at that body. Two people who actually have relationships on some level. Uh, we, we've talked before, Joel's and my, could not, my relationship with Joel couldn't have been more complicated. And yet I had it for 47 years and wouldn't have changed the thing either. I've had enough of these relationships with men who identify as being straight, that unless I'm egotistical enough to believe that I'm a one-off and I'm the only guy on the planet who has these things happening, I have to imagine that they happen to everybody. I'm still a bit more honest than talking about it. It doesn't bother me. Love is love is love is love. And love mm -hmm. happens so seldomly. Mm -hmm. I don't mean lust. You know, there are men I can look at, and some women too. See, already we're diverting. I look at someone and go, holy Hannah, yes, I get it. Um, we don't know. We don't know what goes on in people's minds. I think it's an individual thing that happens between two people. It's chemistry. It's beyond visual. It's beyond lust. It's just, you want to be together. Let me ask you something, Jeffrey. I, I've always wondered about this. Do you think people are born to be monogamous or do you think it's something that people struggle with being monogamous? Um, I, I, the, I'll give you the same answer I just gave you about the bromance bisexual thing. I think people are individuals. I think there are some people who are so in love with the other person, they don't need anybody else. If Joel had been able to deal with the homophobia in the world and we had become married couple, I would never have needed to touch anybody else the rest of my life. Uh, I am a very monogamous person. Now, having said that, wait till you read my book next year and you're gonna have to read wear asbestos gloves to turn the pages about my life during the 70s disco era in New York City. I was a busy boy. Uh, you know, turn to the page about Freddie Mercury and just have the salve ready for how it burns your hands. But that me, the only people I've ever met in my entire life who were monogamous without any fault were my maternal grandparents. They lived 55 years and they spent 55 years taking care of each other 
and being completely devoted in the mountains. I'm not saying the thought never crossed anybody's mind. I'm saying nobody ever did anything about it. Other than that, I have never met anybody else who could say that. So it's an individual thing. Monogamy, My mom and dad. Monogamy can happen. Cindy's mom and dad, Cindy was just saying, it can yeah. happen, but you have to want it. Mm -hmm. I think we shouldn't judge how anybody is. I think we should love as much as we can. Mm -hmm. But there's a responsibility with love. Love is not just an emotion. Love is a behavior. Mm -hmm. And if we love more than one person, that means we have to be good to more than one person. We have to make sure we don't hurt more than one person. There's responsibility with love. It's, it's why I've waited so long to even mention Jack in public this way. I don't want to hurt anybody. And I don't want to give anyone wrong impressions. We could talk for five hours about my relationship with Jack and not come to any definite conclusions that you could chisel into, into concrete. This is, this is my version. This is how I saw it. And uh, I have to assume that it happens to lots of other people too. I found it very interesting. I, I really mm -hmm. enjoyed it. Well, look at it this way. In, in the world of adult entertainment, and this is since the beginning of stab reels in the 40s and 50s, there has always been two women together. Are those women lesbians? Maybe. Maybe they're bisexual. Maybe they're curious. Maybe they wanted the money. Maybe, they, maybe they're just open. Everybody is different. Jeffrey. I would tell you, I would tell you the celebrity, male celebrities who have hit on me, who are supposed to be straight, and I'm not going to tell you, you'd be amazed. So it happens. And I'm not gorgeous, folks. I'm a handsome man, but I'm 62 years old, and I don't have six-pack abs, and yet it still happens. Great for me, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Hitting the Mark. My name is Ray Carr, along with Cindy Verbalin and the star of our show, Jeffrey Mark.